Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is September 1st. The Oh, God. August is done. August over. I, that's, to me, uh, <laughs> I can't believe that August is uh, done. And we're already into September, which means Ignite's coming up. Microsoft is starting to get their butt back in gear. And actually, they're kicking off September with uh, a keynote. They had a keynote this morning over at, some people call it IFA, IFA, IFA. Uh, takes place, I believe, in Germany, I want to say, and yeah, and so boom goes the dynamite. But anyways, uh, that is going on, but we'll get to that in a second. A couple quick things. Microsoft began uh, external testing with guest access for Microsoft Teams, so I got a lot of questions about this. Actually, the post did incredibly well, uh, especially on Twitter. So Microsoft has Teams. At the end of June, they said, hey, it's coming. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give you guest federate, I believe it's federated guest access to Teams. And it never showed up. And they said, oops, they did that a little early. Uh, and then I got a few tips saying sometime in mid-August or so that they started add that testing up again. They're actually doing it externally now, which means not everybody. Uh, I did see one person who said they work in education now has the ability to test guest access. And I know there were a couple of people in the corporate world who have that. Not everybody has it. It's a very small subset of people are allowed to now test guest access in Teams. So that should be coming soon. Fun fact for you, though. There was an early bug that some of the first external testers discovered that if you clicked on anybody's Microsoft account, so it wouldn't be surprising, it says, hey, guest access, you can only test with certain people, invite a Microsoft person in. You could actually snake your way back up those Microsoft accounts and actually message uh, Terry Meyerson, Satya Nadella, or Bill Gates if they were online. Uh, they've since closed that bug, but it essentially allowed you to work backwards through any guest up their org chart, org chart and uh yeah and so that's probably one of the reasons why it hasn't rolled out but now that bug has been smashed they are now testing it with a wider group so if you're using teams and you've been looking for guest access that should be i don't have i don't have a date uh, because microsoft won't even talk about a date internally at least not uh, to the people who are willing to talk to me but it should be coming sooner rather than later at least now they're testing it other things that are now testing if you're a windows insider using office 365 there is a small chance that you might have gotten an email yesterday or possibly the day before saying hey do you want to try out the new office store app so if you remember when they launched windows 10s they were going to bring uh, word the whole office suite to the windows store and uwp apps actually i don't think they're uwp i think they're centennial uh anyways they're now allowing some people to start testing that. Initially, you had the only way you could do it is if you bought a Surface laptop. That was the only way you could try this stuff. And so now they're letting anybody try it if you are, again, in that small subset. So check your inbox, see if you got that. You can try it out for free. And uh, nothing, shouldn't be any major surprises other than they're just updated through the store and they're just store apps. So you got that going on. All right, um, we're going to get in the meat and potatoes here. A little bit so cortana and alexa are becoming friends and this is this is very odd uh this is very odd so what was announced this week is essentially and this is a nutshell version so don't you know if you're really super interested in the fine details go read the post from microsoft and amazon but what it essentially allows these two services to do is to talk to each other so uh, up until today every voice assistant you have google uh, Google Assistant, which they need a name for that. Uh, Siri, Alexa, Cortana, they've all been in silos, right? D could you guys hear that? I did not intend to do that. Uh, <laughs> my, my echo just kicked on. 
and just told me that later this year it will work. So interesting, they've already updated that. So I got to be careful with what I say here. Hopefully that comes through on the podcast. But anyways, all of these digital assistants were in their own silos. And so now what they can do is talk to each other. And well, I should say um, the Amazons and the Microsofts can. I don't want to say their names. Otherwise, it's going to kick off my echo again. But they can now talk to each other. And so this is an interesting evolution for both companies. One, because on one hand, Microsoft and Amazon are like arch rivals at this point, uh, only in the enterprise space though, right? You have AWS and you have uh, Azure, two massive cloud infrastructures fighting it out for all the market share they can. And then on the other side, it's like, hey, you know what, let's be friends. And so what's the what's the reasoning for this? Well, there's a couple things. They both have a common enemy, Google, They Google enemy. Um, they also have Siri as an enemy, right? Friend of my, the, the, the friend of my, or the enemy of my enemy is my friend, whatever that saying is. And so they have that. And so I can see the reason why they did this. They want to say, okay, you know what? Amazon isn't really a threat to Microsoft in the consumer space from like an OS perspective. So they have that going on. And essentially Microsoft isn't really looked at as a threat from Amazon because I don't think their Cortana stuff is really going to catch on in the home space. So now you kind of have this, crossing of all these dig these two digital assistants to cover everything you need the awkward thing is is how you access it and all of it but what 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 i honestly take away from this is that microsoft saw that they are not going to be able to compete with alexa oh Ale stop listening i'm gonna i'm gonna mute that uh is that they're honestly not going to be able to compete and they said we need to form partnerships to make sure that we remain relevant but the, what what's so awkward is you have to say hey alexa uh, ask Cortana or, hey, Cortana, ask Alexa. Like, it's not some seamless integration. Granted, that very much could improve, but it's just this, this something doesn't feel right about this. And I, I don't want to look negatively upon it because I honestly think Microsoft sees that they aren't making the traction they want. And so they need to forge these relationships. So I'm, on one side, I'm really optimistic about it and saying, okay, this is going to broaden the horizons of Cortana. That's a good thing. It's going to broaden the horizons of Alexa, which I use every single day. And so that, that's a good thing. But on the other side of the coin, I look at it as Microsoft coming to the cold uh, realization that they aren't going to be able to compete on the same level as Google and Apple can. And so they need to they, they need to do this. And so we will see how it how it plays out. I, I hope that it works out for the best. Um, but this. So here's what makes me concerned about this. And this is why. So remember the invoke that Harman Kardon announced uh initially teased December of 2016. Microsoft put out a huge blog post today about upcoming devices for uh, the fall creators update, which is coming on October 17th. We'll talk about that more here in a second. And what is not listed in any of this stuff? Anything, any smart speaker running Cortana. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't talk about the invoke. I went on H&K's website. It is still there and I actually tried to do their chat thing that says, hey, do you guys have any information? They don't have anything. It's still saying fall 2017. It's still believed to be coming with the fall creators update, but Harman Kardon also announced this week, I believe, uh, smart speakers with Google and Amazon, but not anything new from Cortana. We just didn't hear anything about Cortana this week at IFA, which is what's making me nervous that these smart speakers are not going to catch on. It might be the reason why Microsoft had to forge this relationship because granted, Microsoft would have known that these speakers weren't coming many, many months ago. And so maybe, maybe this is kind of like the realization. I don't know. The problem for Microsoft is once again, they're finding themselves behind in an area they should have been ahead because Cortana is fine. Like, I don't have any issues with Cortana's functionality. It's Microsoft's marketing and deployment strategy has been incredibly slow. And so, 
we will see. We will see what happens here. This is, you know, nothing has been solidified. Cortana's not going away. I, I definitely don't think that Microsoft's invested too much. There's a lot going on. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm a little concerned about its future. And so as I alluded to, Microsoft announced this morning, actually Terry Ierson was on stage at IFA and go watch it. Like it was very awkward. Uh, Terry's typically pretty good on stage. This reminded me of Terry on stage many years ago. Terry, when he first kind of assumed this role and started becoming a public presence for Microsoft, he was a little awkward on stage. He, it's not, he, I've heard him personally say that he doesn't like being on stage. And uh, this really showed it. The past couple times he's been on stage has been great, but th this keynote was very awkward for Terry. And uh, yeah. So anyways, the Fall Creators update is coming October 17th, which is very interesting. So the reason th this puts into perspective two things, why we have skip ahead, I'll get to that in a second, but this is a long way off. Typically when Microsoft announces something is coming like this, it's usually a couple weeks uh, We've already known that Microsoft has been wrapping up no new features coming into the fall creators update. And so they've been kind of hammering down on bugs and all that stuff. And yet they're telling us it's not going to come for another seven, seven weeks, six, seven weeks. Something just kind of feels off, right? And here's kind of what I think is actually going to happen. I, the timing of this lines up very nicely to a Microsoft October event where they could have hardware. Uh, Surface Book 2. It'd be very nice to launch new hardware and a Fall Creators update at the same time, wouldn't it? And the fact that they're they're telling us that the Fall Creators update is coming in seven weeks, six, seven weeks, something something is aligning on the back end, I think, for a hardware release and the software release, and that's why they're telling us so far out. And so, if you want, if you're looking towards the Fall Creators update, you got until then. Now, what I was talking about earlier, this explains why Microsoft created Skip Ahead, because they knew whenever the Skip Ahead came out, they knew when the Fall Creators update was going to come out. And it was just going to be a massive uh, time span of just updates with nothing in it. And so they created Skip Ahead for this exact period. I can almost guarantee that I haven't explicitly heard from a source on the inside, but it makes the most sense, right? Insiders are going to get bored of the stabilization releases. Microsoft has plenty of time to get all the data. They limited... Uh, the number of people in the skip ahead and so they're going to start getting that early feedback on the skip ahead stuff but that is exactly why they created it and now it is uh abundantly clear why that came around and so yeah all right so following and this was not uh particularly linked to the ifa announcements today but I've been thinking about this for like three, four days, maybe even a week now. I, I, and I don't, I, I really don't say this lightly and I don't want this to come off as a Microsoft is doomed because first off, Microsoft is not doomed. They are stronger than ever in the enterprise. Uh, Microsoft Azure, their cloud platform is not going anywhere. It is going to be around for decades. They have what, 43 regions coming by the end of 2018. They've dumped billions. They're making billions. They're going to hit a 20 billion run rate. Uh, Microsoft Cloud is not going anywhere. Microsoft Corporation is not going anywhere. Office 365 is not going anywhere. Um, granted, they might have challenges with uh, Google Apps and some other services, but Office is not going anywhere for a very long time. But the consumer side of Microsoft, I'm honestly starting to get a little worried here. And I, I don't want to come off as negative Nancy on this, but let's just honest, let's take a pretty honest appraisal of what's going on in the Microsoft consumer world, not the enterprise, consumer only. Starting with the positive, Microsoft has a very strong brand with the Xbox. Uh, very strong. Granted, they're in second place to Sony, 
but again, this is a very strong marketing asset, a very strong brand. It is not going to go away. I think Microsoft has done a wonderful job with Xbox. It's one of the few shining points in the consumer space for Microsoft. The other thing, uh, you can't see it, but is, well, yeah, you can, I'm an idiot. The Surface, Surface brand. Again, very strong with Microsoft. They've done a very good job. It took them a while to get there. Don't get me wrong. It took them a $900 million write down of Surface RT. And it was, it was a struggle for them to get there, but they are there. And they are there. And that is uh, absolutely amazing. It took them some time. It's very hard to crack into that space. And they did so with premium hardware. And I don't think the Surface brand is going to go away anytime soon either. I think they're finally hitting their stride. They had some bumps with the consumers, consumer reports. But long longevity, I think it's going to be there. The obvious problem is, is that less computers are being sold each year. But on the flip side, Microsoft's still a relatively small brand, so they have a lot more room for growth. It's going to be the HPs and the Dells and the Acers and the Lenovo's of the world who are going to be struggling. I think Microsoft, from that aspect of the consumer world, is fine. The problem is, is that these types of devices, you know, quote unquote, are legacy, right? Desktop PCs are not the new hot trend. It's smartphones, it's it's wearables, and all that kind of stuff. They'll make money there. I'm not concerned about that. On the other side of the coin. They have completely lost um, well, the, the mobile space. This is the Alcatel. You know, we all know this story. The, the Lumia world, um, ten billion plus dollars lost there. The band world. They they tried to get into fitnesses. They did not get into fitnesses, fitness stuff. They have the Cortana stuff. I'm seriously concerned that they're not going to make any sort of impression in the digital assistant world for ambient computing. God, I sound like Satya Nadella. I'm I'm very concerned about that. That's another consumer facing product primarily. And so then they also have things like Skype. Skype has been, uh, I, I write and talk about Skype all the time, but Skype, Microsoft will tell you, has 300 million users, 300 monthly million. You can go back as far as 2013, and Microsoft has been saying they have 300 million users. And so you look at WhatsApp, which should have been what Skype is, has 1 billion daily active users. And so it, there's just a, a long line of Microsoft attempts to break into the consumer space and they can't and so now we have the latest thing this mixed reality vr headsets they they've talked tons about this stuff and again the software looks fine the problem is is that you have to buy a headset it's not going to work with a mobile phone uh, you have to buy a headset which is 299 or what and then it's tethered to a pc which is probably going to be great for gaming but probably not much else if i'm completely honest because google and apple have ar kit for apple and ar core for google and they're going to allow you to take your, your smartphone and get uh, basically, not basically, but a similar like experience to HoloLens holding the phone. Now, granted, I fully agree that a phone screen doing that AR stuff is not anywhere as good as HoloLens. I, I totally agree. But the problem is, is that Android has, what, 2 billion active users and iOS has over a billion. And, and now you're going to say not all those things can run AR kit and AR court. You're exactly right. But a small subset of them can. And that small subset is much, much, much larger than HoloLens because HoloLens is only enterprise. And AR VR kits or the, the headsets aren't even shipping yet. So they're already off to a massive lead. And the problem becomes in the year 2019 when the next HoloLens is expected to ship for consumers, uh, Apple is expected to have a headset and Google is as well. The developers are going to AR kit and AR core to build apps, not to the VR or whatever mixed reality. Why? Because they already have a billion plus users on both platforms. And so this is a longevity problem for Microsoft since they missed the smartphone. And it makes me nervous that their consumer space 
longevity is in serious jeopardy because they're not going to get the ambient computing with Cortana and they're, they're going to suffer in this mixed reality world unless they come out with some home run device, which granted, I hope they do. Remember, HoloLens came out of kind of nowhere. Nobody really expected that. And so maybe they have something crazy up their sleeve. But if you think a Surface Mobile is going to get a billion users, you're delusional. It's not. The, the mobile device they are working on is expected to be extremely small market uh, and relatively expensive. And so it, it's, I, I worry that Microsoft has a bad strategy. Ironically, what Microsoft needs to do is iterate on faster on the things that matter, which they're doing for Windows 10. But the problem is they're putting all their energy into Windows 10, shipping two updates per year. And that's not what needs to be updated twice per year. Get Cortana. Dump your money into Cortana. Dump your money into HoloLens. Get those products to market faster. Nobody is going to be upset if Microsoft says, you know what, we're going to do one large update for Windows 10 for year, per year, and we're going to put all those extra engineers that we're scrambling to get two updates per year onto Cortana or something else that matters that has potential for growth. Because Windows 10 does not have potential for growth. It's at 500 million users or active devices, which is what they announced in May. And I guarantee if they had a larger, better number, they would have announced it today. Potentially, they could do it at Ignite. If they don't announce something at Ignite, I'm going to be nervous that maybe Windows 10 growth has stalled. And so I, I, I don't, I'm not writing Microsoft off. They're definitely not doomed, but I'm just, I'm genuinely concerned at this point that Microsoft is prioritizing their stuff wrong. Microsoft had Cortana on everything before anybody else, I believe. And they had Cortana and what did they do? Here we are since 2016, December of 2016 without a Cortana device. Like that, that should, they should have announced that thing in December and it should have been shipping by spring. And here we are, it's, if it's going to be a year before this thing shows up, like that is, that's just a massive fail on everything else because you need developers. Everybody knows the thing where Steve Ballmer got up on stage and yelled, developers, developers, developers. And he was not wrong. He definitely was not wrong. The problem is, is Microsoft isn't giving those developers the same chance. Shipping the AR, MR kit in, uh, developer kits in August, like that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. People are already going to AR kit because there's, a guaranteed user base if you invest if you're going to invest 10 million dollars and make an ar game or an mr game whatever you want to call it if you do it on microsoft's headset you are taking a gamble that there's going to be a market there if you do it on ios you are guaranteed uh, a certain amount of users already exist same can be said probably smaller on android but at least ios has the, that ability and so the, the one caveat that Microsoft has here, their one shining light of hope is actually Minecraft. Minecraft does exceptionally well, and they can create the best first-party experiences on their own headsets, and those will help sell it. I guarantee they will. And maybe that's where they're going to go, and that was a very good purchase by Microsoft was getting Minecraft. And so maybe that is how they're going to begin to foster a new generation that's going to love Microsoft stuff. But it's going to take time and I don't know how much time they have because it's kind of hard to pitch. This is, hey, we're going to dump $5 billion into this and hope it works. Um, that, that doesn't really fly. And so that's, that is, um, that's my concern about Microsoft on the consumer side. The enterprise side, I'm not concerned at all. Um, Surface, to be honest, I'm not really concerned about it at all, nor am I on Xbox. Actually, I haven't fully decided yet. I know I've talked about this several times, but I think I'm going to keep my Xbox uh, One X um, gaming on the PC is good. I will fully admit that a keyboard and mouse is superior to a controller. I fully admit that you can get better graphics on a PC. But to me, um, I'd much rather 
pull the trigger to shoot a gun in a first person shooter that is then click a mouse it just i don't know you know i i've been an xbox gamer for 10 plus years and the keyboard and mouse is more accurate and it is a superior gaming platform but i like the input style of the controller and not to mention when i sit down at my computer i feel like this is work and so when i'm trying to play games on here it just kind of feels like work and so uh anyways yeah, that is, uh, that's what's going on with that. I'll be curious to see, typically when I talk about something like this, I'll get a lot of, not flack, but inside feedback from Microsoft over the next coming weeks as this podcast kind of plays out uh, to the thousands of people that listen to me ramble, whatever. And I'll be curious to see what's actually going on inside the company and something I'm actually probing about right now. Uh, I actually figured out the team stuff on accident by kind of going down that route. So if you have any inside information about what's happening inside of Microsoft, the kind of mantra that's happening about on the consumer side, I'd be real curious to know because we're not seeing a lot of um, consumer love, if you will. And to, to end it on this kind of negative side, if Microsoft truly thought that ARMR was going to be a massive hit, a massive hit, they would have built a first-party hardware. Um, yep. That is my honest opinion on that, that if they thought that was going to be it, if they would have launched this four years ago, it would have been a huge hit. But, you know, here we are. Here we are today. Uh, other things that are going on in the in, in the Microsoft world, not a whole lot. We're coming up to next week is Labor Day. Uh, for those in the U.S., most people have Monday off of work. Uh, I don't think I will be around too much. I want to go golfing, but Hurricane Harvey stuff is like hitting my house. Should be getting a lot of rain, a little bit of wind, nothing like what Houston is getting. But um, So I'm not expecting too much to happen early next week. But, you know, here we are uh, coming into September. And typically, September and October are a busy time for Microsoft. I'll be curious to see what is going on, uh, what Microsoft's got up their sleeve. They need something, right? They need HoloLens was an aspirational device for Microsoft, and it did its job. It got people excited about what Microsoft could do. And so now we are, here we are, I don't know, two, two plus years later-ish, you know, give or take. And we need, we need another kind of rejuvenation of that aspirationalness of Microsoft. I think I just made up a word. But uh, that is what's going on. We're going to dive into the questions this week. As always, the questions go up on Threat.com in the forums. I try to tweet out links. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, that's typically the best place to find out when that thread is up. But um, let's get started here. So Tourniquet says... Hey, Brad, is there any chance you can ask a Skype team if they'll ever be enabling using a USB headset in Windows 10 Mobile using Continuum? Oh, Jesus, this is a niche scenario. As of right now, the headset will be used for other apps like Voice Recorder, but not Skype. So that is a very interesting question. Actually, yeah, I will pass that along for them. I'm not quite sure what is the current status of Continuum. I know that they were doing some work on it, and then things stalled quite a bit when they realized that it wasn't going to go too far, uh, the mobile platform. And so, yeah, I can actually ask. So Simard57 says, Outlook beta question. When I reply to a message in an ongoing thread, send does not appear until I click the expand button. Uh, is there an option to display send without having to expand? Makes no sense how this GUI presents itself right now. Uh, and Oh, sorry. Then he says, update. I learned control S to send. So not so critical, but muscle memory. Um, basically, it just sounds like an Outlook beta issue. And then he also goes, uh, will Visual Studio be brought into the Windows Store? Will any development tools be brought in the Windows Store? So here's the problem with bringing some uh, Visual Studio into the Windows Store, per my understanding, because I've asked about this, is that it it's much more difficult to bring that into the store because of the underlying infrastructure that was required for 
Visual Studio. So if you notice, Microsoft released a new Windows Debug tool and is in the Windows Store, but it doesn't run on Windows 10 S, which means it's got some extra fancy permissions to be able to run on the desktop, but not S. I suspect if they ever do bring it to the Windows Store, it will not be uh, able to run on Windows 10 S because of that. Is it impossible? No. I mean, Microsoft can write their own exceptions to the Windows Store. They can do whatever they want. So could they do it? Absolutely. Is it going to be quickly? I don't think so. But um, I hope they do because that would kind of solidify their solution. I suspect it's on their radar, but I think that there's going to be a lot of technical challenges to actually get that in there. You got to remember, that's a huge, huge application. Uh, Mad Thinus asks, he says, do you feel that there's a cohesive play vision for Windows 10 development? It seems very disjointed. Completely agree. Microsoft is just kind of running and they're on this hellbent two updates per year without able to keep their own deadlines. Remember, timeline has slipped, cloud clipboard has slipped, my people slipped from one. Um, they may have had some enterprise features slip uh, from the last release. It's kind of depending on their wording and how you read it. But uh, it does feel a little disjointed. They're just kind of throwing things in there to push out updates. I, I would like to know what their end strategy is. Or, like, where are they heading? You're exactly right. All we have are just these updates that are loosely bundled under titles like creative update and anniversary update that add some features which are great but we don't really where are they headed is a a wonderful question actually that is a wonderful question uh john b asks is how long until my lumia 920 becomes a collector's item hopefully it's new in box and sealed otherwise probably never uh easy a b asks says hey brad you just purchased a new video card, right? I just, well, not really, but uh, I just purchased a new EVGA 1050 four gigabyte card for the for two monitors, not much gaming. Then I saw your NVIDIA and AMD, or uh, then I saw this story, the AMD and NVIDIA are deluged with PC graphics card. Can you make sense out of this? Okay, so here's his question, is that he bought a mid-range graphics card, and then a story came out and says, hey, buy, finding mid-range graphics card can be really hard. So here's what's going on. So there's Bitcoin and Ethereum, miners which basically is a digital currency if you're not familiar with it and these mid-range graphics cards are ideal solutions to mine coins and so they're the price right the price value per performance in the mid-range is perfect and so miners are buying these up in bulk or at least they were i don't know if they still are but there was a very long period where they were just buying everything and, and like for a while nvidia like 1070s and 1060 video cards were costing pretty close to what 1080s were and so it kind of it, it's just market fluctuations but really what it was is that people just wanted to buy these um, it didn't really make too much of a difference which if you're on amd or nvidia but that's why they were buying them up uh martinez v2 asked he says duh, 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 i don't know what he's asking uh, <laughs> we'll go to the next one. I don't understand the question. Uh, Rob seven says the cloud is right now and making lots of money. What happens when the cloud is saturated? So here's, here's my honest take on that. I don't think the cloud is ever going to become saturated. Uh, I shouldn't say that because it eventually will, I guess, in some capacity, but to get into, to be true cloud is bare minimum, probably $2 billion of investment because you would need two data centers. It's going to be very hard for the cloud to become saturated. In my opinion, there's going to be Amazon, there's going to be Microsoft, uh, Google will get there eventually. The only other one that might be able to muster into it is IBM, but they're pretty slow and antiquated. Um, they're going to have a, they need some serious investment to get there, but they are trying. And that's really about it. Apple's not really set up for that. 
in theory, they have the cash flow and capital to do it if they wanted. Apple's one of the few companies that could probably afford to just build out all these data centers. But as of right now, they're not showing interest in doing that. And so will it ever become saturated? I don't think so. I think we're going to be stuck with about four players. And that might be about right because typically in business, they say a market should have three strong competitors and we have we already have three. Um, getting more than that is just too capital intensive. You're not going to see a startup come along and then build out data centers. It just doesn't make sense anymore. What you'll see is startups come out with new software and optimization models and AI so and AI components like that that might make sense or just even small hardware components that you can put into a data center. But to actually build out a data center would be nuts these days. Uh, Cryptics asks, he says, Cortana and Alexa will see more cooperation between Microsoft and Amazon. Oops, I just clicked away. Uh, Amazon understands the consumer. Microsoft understands the business. Amazon is afraid of its dependence on Google, which I do agree. Microsoft is not afraid of Google, but they just don't understand the appeal. The overlap on cloud, but it's, big, but it's a big sky, blue sky type thing. The other Microsoft, Ama Microsoft and Amazon cooperating would be a significant force. So I do agree that Microsoft and Amazon together make a good product uh, because Amazon gets the consumer, Microsoft gets the back end. But at the same time, the the current integration right now doesn't make sense, um, where you have to talk to one device and specifically mention the other. I, I can't see these things fully merging, but that's kind of what needs to happen for this to become a, a truly powerful play or make it seamless where you can say, hey, Alexa, and then just access your Cortana stuff. And likewise, do the hey, Cortana, and access all your Alexa stuff. Uh, if they get to that point where you don't have to specifically call out the other component, then I think it becomes much more powerful. Uh, da Dolly Isaac says, how do you think WebAssembly will affect UWP? Um, this has been talked about a few times before. It already has previous support in all major, in all major browsers. Uh, I think it has significant impact because it's truly write once, run everywhere any and run in any browser that supports it. So will it be the death of UWP? I don't think so. Will it impact its growth? I definitely do. Um, I do think that bringing progressive web apps like this and WebAssembly into the store makes sense, just wrapped around. Like we already see Electron um, because there are people like myself and others who don't want everything they own and use to be run in a web browser. Granted, there is benefit to that. You can get it anywhere. But at the same time, I also like having dedicated apps. Um, you know, so there you go. Um, Cipher, MMC Cipher. Uh, doesn't Microsoft post mo does doesn't Microsoft post mobile fallback plan uh, making their apps and services the go-to choice for Android and iOS make Microsoft dependent on the kindness of its competition? Yeah, it absolutely does. But at the same time, what is their alternative? They they can't. They've spent ten plus billion dollars trying to get into mobile and they didn't, which just essentially shows that you can only throw so much money at something and not always win. There was a time where Microsoft could just walk into any room and own the situation back in the late 90s and early 2000s. That is no longer the case. And so mobile really and bluntly showed the fact that um, billions of dollars just, just can't do that. And so uh, Poncelius asks, he says, Microsoft made noise about mobile devices for enterprise. Doesn't this week news from the NYPD show that abandoning Windows Phone means that businesses just don't trust Microsoft Mobile? So quick backstory. Microsoft uh, supplied, actually even further back, so a story came out this week that said uh, the New York Police Department was abandoning uh, 36,000 Windows phones 
because Microsoft left them left is no longer supporting them and won't upgrade them to Windows 10 Mobile. And so they had a bunch of custom apps and basically they got burned by Microsoft. That was the headline story and that was what resonated for a few days. And so moving on from that, more of the story came out. And actually what we've learned, according to the NYPD, is that Microsoft actually gave these phones to the NYPD for free, which is, I honestly think Microsoft just had these things and said, you know what, we'll just give them to you. And then they probably made money on services uh, and support on the back end, but they didn't make any money on the hardware. And so the question is, is this just showing Microsoft just, you can't trust Microsoft on mobile? I I think that's correct. I mean, think about how many times Microsoft has burned users. Uh, Windows 7 not being able to upgrade to Windows 8, uh, Windows 8 not being able to upgrade to Windows 10, and then some Windows 10 devices that launch with Windows 10 not being able to move to uh, the latest version, although Windows 10 mobile, I think, is dead as well. And so Microsoft in the mobile space, yeah, it's it's a tough bet, but I don't think the NYPD story was as bad as it initially came out because it sounds like they didn't even pay for the hardware. So, so yeah, um, you know, that's that's really about it guys i don't want to drag this on but that's I, I would honestly love to know everybody's feedback about what they think is going on with microsoft in the consumer space because that seems to be that that seems to be the, the big kind of unknown at this point i'm not worried about the enterprise stuff i've said that a million times but um, i'd be very curious to see what everybody else's opinion is in this uh, you can either comment in the post on threat uh, or you can just comment in below the video um, this is the live stream so if you're watching this on September 1st. Don't comment now because I typically close this one, but uh, if you're watching the replay, definitely give some feedback. Be very curious to see how people see this stuff shaking out. Uh, as always, guys, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. If you are in the U.S., enjoy your, hopefully, your extended weekend. Most people will be off Monday. And with that, I'm going to shut it down here, guys, and I'll catch you next time.